Late last year, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer set her sights on Enbridge's Line 5. It's a pipeline that carries more than half a million barrels of Canadian fossil fuels through her state and into Sarnia, Ontario, ultimately. It passes under a waterway between Lake Huron and Lake Michigan, and Whitmer's concern is that line will leak and cause catastrophic damage to the water system. The line has been operational for decades, seven of them. It's never leaked into the water, and Enbridge has been working on plans to make sure that it never does, with some rerouting, some upgrading, things like that. But no change in stance from Whitmer. She wants it shut down. She wants it shut down today. May 12th is the deadline she set for this to happen. Enbridge says, no, we're not doing it, not until we have a court order. So that's where we stand. What does it mean? Warren Maybe is director of the Institute for Energy and Environmental Policy at Queen's University, and Warren joins us now to talk a bit about this situation. Now, Warren, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So today is the deadline day, and as I say, and Bridget has said, yeah, we're not going to do this until we get a quarter. So we should not be expecting to see this pipeline shut down today, right? No, uh, unless the courts were to suddenly come out and say something, and they're not you know, expected to do so, uh, we're not going to see the pipeline shut down today. But you know, this is the day that the governor wanted to see it shut down, and there's a lot of people, you know, kind of sitting on the edge of their seats waiting to see if something does happen. Yeah, and the legal wrangling continues. There's supposed to be a mediator meeting with the two sides uh, next week, right? Uh, the, the federal government That's firing correct. an amicus brief, so there's a lot of legal wrangling underway. That's right. Uh, we're starting to see uh, our federal government getting more involved. That, you know, popped up yesterday with that amicus brief that you're talking about. Uh, you know, this is... Uh, raising the bar because essentially the Canadian government is saying, you know, remember, we work together on these things. Uh, We have treaties in place that govern the exchange of energy products between our countries. Uh, You can't just step in and and shut these things down. Yeah, arbitrarily, yeah. Now, um, let's talk about the implications if this were to be shut down. We know uh, it's predicted to be uh, really, really devastating for large parts of central Canada, even parts of the United States. What exactly would the fallout be if Line 5 were to go down? So <clears throat> right now, uh, a little bit more than half of the oil that gets processed and used in Ontario comes through Line 5, and something like two-thirds of the oil that is being used or processed uh, in Quebec comes through Line 5. So you can imagine that if you take half or more than half uh, of your product out of the system, that immediately you're going to see some price signals. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a, a rise in price at the pumps. Um, and we knew that that was going to happen even before the cybersecurity hack right. on the Colonial <laughs> Pipeline <laughs> south of the border, which is already starting to impact prices up here in Canada. So we would expect to see uh, a jump in price. We would expect to see uh, scrambling from the companies, uh, Suncor and others who are refining this material. Uh, big demand on rail systems and on marine to start moving oil in different directions. Uh, it's going to be a, a huge disruption to the economy in this part of the world, for sure. Now, Enbridge is saying, yeah, okay, you can replace maybe 10% of it by rail, maybe, um, and trucking, who knows how much, which, of course, leads to the whole greenhouse gas emissions discussion. But the fact is, trying to replace this by other means is not going to be easy. It's not like you can simply switch it over. No, it's... The only thing that could kind of get you there would be some kind of a marine or uh, boat option, and... You know, the Line 5 does kind of originate close to the lakehead um, uh, on Lake Superior. Mm. 
you could imagine a scenario in the longer term where you're moving things by barge or by ship uh, from there to Sarnia. That's much more costly. I think it's actually much more risky. Right, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to keep the oil away from the Great Lakes, putting a bunch of boats full of oil into the Great Lakes doesn't seem to be a solution. Exactly. It's not really where we'd want to get to. And I suspect that the long-term solution, if if this were to happen, like let's just hypothesize, uh, you lose Line 5, the long-term solution probably would be to reverse Line 9, which runs through Ontario uh, from Sarnia into Quebec, uh, and to start bringing in oil uh, through the Atlantic from wherever, Venezuela or from Saudi Arabia or from the North Sea, right. you know. And that's not optional or optional, ideal either. No, <laughs> exactly. not the best way to go. Now, we, as I said, she made this announcement back in November. Have we seen sort of disaster preparedness exercises underway here? I mean, are people stockpiling fuel? We know airports would be heavily impacted by this as well. So, you know, could they sustain this for a little while and possibly move into another thing? Or would this cause an immediate impact? I think that there's some uh, given the system. So, you know, we've had weeks where the pipeline has been shut down for inspection, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there was uh, an incident uh, at the Straits of Mackinac, which is kind of that critical environmental point uh, a couple years back. There's been some inspections. Um, So it is possible to shut it down, and there are storage buffers along the system that can be utilized to keep everything running. A few days here and there is doable. You know, it's, yeah, it's manageable. Yeah. What becomes problematic is when it's extended for weeks or months, because then you're in a situation where the refineries would run dry. Um, these are, you know, incredibly expensive pieces of infrastructure. There's a lot of jobs, thousands of jobs in, in Ontario at stake uh, around this. There's jobs in the U.S. at stake around this sure. as well. Uh, so... We haven't seen people, you know, stockpiling massive amounts of fuel. I I actually think a lot of people assumed it would never get to this point, you know, that this was kind of posturing, political posturing, and that we would never get to the point where uh, we we approach deadlines and we're in the courts mediating this. Warren, there's there's a large sentiment in Alberta from people who are saying, you know what, good shut it down. We need to have a course correction in eastern Canada. They need to have a better understanding of how this whole industry works, how reliant they are on it, how important pipelines are to them personally, and maybe this will cause a change in thinking in central Canada where instead of being anti-pipeline and blocking what Alberta's trying to do, they'll say, okay, maybe they have a point here. Is that possible? I mean, is this an opportunity? I guess it is possible. I mean, it's not the option that I would choose. I I think that anything that's going to be this disruptive uh, to the economies of Alberta and Ontario and Quebec uh, should be avoided if we can. You know, and I I think that the kind of knee-jerk thinking that, oh, yes, you know, this should be shut down and and people will learn a good lesson, uh, it never really works the way that you want it to work. Uh, the lesson that people take away from it might be that we are too dependent on pipelines right. and we must move in a different direction. Uh, there's a transition happening in the world for sure. Yes, and, no, no. and that transition needs to be managed carefully. But, you know, the danger of this transition, if you do it too quickly, if you try to just make an abrupt course change, you're going to leave a lot of people behind, leave a lot of people hurting, 
And we don't want that. <laughs> we want to manage this change, and that's what we really need to figure out. And that's that's sort of, I mean, we're talking about the extreme of, fine, shut it down, or you need to shut it down. Those are the two ends of the spectrum. And as you say, somewhere in the middle is sort of like, okay, well, there is a transition going, but you can't, you know, we, we have the people who say, leave it in the ground. We have people who say, shut down the pipelines now. Maybe this is at least moves the needle a bit to, okay, we can work on the transition, but at the same time, we are still dependent on these products. At this point, we are very dependent on this product, and we need uh, to maintain them in order to maintain the economy that we have. Right. Uh, I'm in the camp that firmly believes that, you know, we have to make a transition. We need to plan that out, uh, but that the abrupt changes that we're talking about would be too damaging. It would actually take away our ability to be able to make the sustainable decisions that we need to make because uh, what will happen is that we will scramble, we'll find another source. Uh, It may be sources that are coming from uh, regimes that we don't agree with, you Mm -hmm. know, where there are human rights issues or others. Uh, there may be uh, greater greenhouse gas footprints, almost certainly, if you're bringing it overseas rather than taking it uh, from, you know, our own resources. We do need to plan, and there needs to be a dialogue about this. The right way to do it is not to just shut things down and sort of see where the chips fall. Right, exactly. Have a bit of a plan in place. Uh, Warren, great insight. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. That is Warren Maybe, who is the director of the Institute for Energy and Environmental Policy at Queen's University. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're at a flux point here. We're going to see what happens.